from Kurtco Media. Coming up on this episode of Life Done Better. It doesn't matter if we're with one person for the rest of our life or just a season. Every relationship is sacred. Every partner is a spiritual teacher. And so lean into the challenges and go, hmm, if I chose this for my evolution, what is being asked to awaken within me? Welcome to Life Done Better. I'm your host, Jill DeJong. I'm chatting today to intimacy expert relationship coach Elena Pratt. She has coached thousands of singles and couples and is passionate about helping others find deep connection and fulfilling relationships. In this episode, Alana will help you to find your B spot. Nope, that's not the G spot. B stands for blind spots that may be in the way of attracting the right person for you. Welcome to the show, Alana. Mm, it is so great to be here. And I love that you introed with the B spot. You're my kind of girl. All right, we're going to dive deep right <laughs> away. <laughs> I thought it was just a brilliant expression of, of what, you know, the challenges may be that we cannot see ourselves. And so let's just dive right in. What are B spots? B spots are intimacy blind spots. Like all of us are intelligent. You know, we're on the personal growth path. If we can see it and change it, we would. And yet there's these patterns that keep happening and we don't understand why. And that to me is a blind spot. Something that on the top, you might be saying, there's no good men out there, or I keep attracting emotionally unavailable men or, or what have you. And so uh, an access into the blind spot where there's a whole quiz on my site to go deeper, of course, but I ask the question, what do you love about saying that there's no good men out there? Well, nothing. I, I want my good man. I go, mm, let's go deeper. What do you really love about that belief? Well, it keeps you safe. You don't have to open up. You don't have to risk. You don't have to be vulnerable. You don't have to risk being hurt again. You don't have to forgive that person that abused you. So it really works for people to keep these initial beliefs going. And I help them uncover the blind spot of the real wound that needs to be healed and the real courage and bravery that needs to be awakened within us. And then that way they raise their vibration. They have a little humility and courage and they get out there and their vibration rises. Just like my latest book is called Finding the one is BS. Becoming the one is brilliant and beautiful. And when we do this inner work, we naturally, vibrationally attract an ideal partner. And what are some of the most common blind spots that you see nowadays? Yeah, well, just so you know, I have blind spots too. I have a thriving coaching practice, but I'm a hot mess <laughs> where I can't see what I can't see. So I have my three coaches as well. And so one was that idea that there's no good men. There's other blind spots around maybe our physicality, like, oh, I, I need to lose 10 more pounds. Or maybe our sexuality. My flavor of sensuality, sexuality is too naughty, too bad, right? So we make these excuses or we might even put on the 10 pounds to give ourselves an excuse not to be brave and get out there and, and enjoy our sexuality and speak up. So those are two other areas that I love to heal because I believe bodies are divine temples and our sexuality is sacred. And it's one of the most nourishing ways we can fill ourselves up and express ourselves alone and with a partner. Absolutely. The body is made to be enjoyed and to be taken care of. Like there's only one that we need to carry with us our entire life. And we want to take the best care of it possible. Also ask others to respect it the way we respected ourselves. And that's where it starts, right? With 
first realizing your own desires, setting some boundaries. Like, so let's do a bit of that inner work that you're talking about. Like change starts within. What is it that we need to look at? What is it that we need to start identifying to kind of go on that journey with you? Yeah. So this, you make such a great point that our, our bodies are meant for pleasure and healthy boundaries are important, but how many of us have let it go too far? And we maybe had sex when we didn't want to, or maybe we were really young and somebody's father looked at us in a weird way or even touched us in a weird way. And that all that energy stuck inside of us. And so we've never really found that embodied healthy boundary where we can still be alluring and invitational. And yet it's also, Hey, this is the line and we mean it. And we can just say it with our energy, with our gaze, with our posture that takes some inner work. And so I do a lot of shadow work, the anger, the rage, the betrayal, the why that's stuck inside a lot of us. We can't operate on top of that with 10 more affirmations and a good push-up bra. Like it's not going to do the trick. We've got to go face those shadows. And when we get there, there are emotions, navigating intense emotions that we don't know how to feel that much shame, that much rage, that much sadness, that much fear. And so we just push it down, go on Facebook, buy another purse, <laughs> or we do whatever yeah, we do, we right? Be, we behave and in certain ways that it fades in the background, but it will never go away. Yes. And I actually remember while you were saying this, I had this image come up and I, I didn't even plan on talking about this, but I remember when I started modeling in Italy, and I'm from Holland originally, I had to wear, you know, more revealing clothes going into castings. And you now my height, I'm almost 6'1". So you can imagine that the dresses that were already kind of short, were really short on me. Yeah. I didn't really have a sense of sexuality then. I didn't really know. I was kind of like this really innocent girl and just like, oh, that's sexy to you? I mean, my long legs and, you know, like my tiny little skirt. I mean, haha. I was kind of just joking around as in I don't understand it. But what happened over the following years was that I realized I got so much attention on the street, but not the type of attention I was looking for. I felt really violated in my space. Yeah. In Italy, they, you know, can touch you without obviously asking and wanting to in ways that you go like, wait a second, you know, this is not right. This would not happen in the States. Usually because people are more, they're scared to go get picked up by the cops. So I remember also being followed by someone in the subway and he grabbed me like from behind under my wow. skirt. This is wow. touch. Right, touched me for a second. And I felt so unsafe. And from that moment on, I was like, you know what? My agents, I told my agents, I'm not going to wear skirts anymore. Like, because I feel like it's now an invitation for a man mm. to display that type of behavior. But I do realize that was an, a moment where th things changed for me. When I found my then boyfriend, I remember him looking at me and like, you're so beautiful. Why do you cover your face up with a baseball cap? And why do you wear long sleeve Ferrari shirts? I mean, I was really trying to, you know, like say, yeah, there's nothing here. Don't, don't look at me. And then I realized I didn't want to be beautiful for him, but not for the man on the street. So when I started like this new relationship, I started feeling safe again to... Yeah peel off that, that fear and say, yes, I do want to express myself with beautiful clothes or let my hair down. And yeah, you have to kind of trace back down to all these little things that could have happened, big yes. and small, right? Big and small. Mm, and thank you for sharing that as well. And here's a really strange but powerful point of view. You sit down in a throne and you imagine that you chose that experience yourself, no victims, for your own enlightenment, evolution, empowerment, growth. And you say to the perpetrator five times, thank you 
for violating me because now I know. Thank you for touching me like that because now I've discovered, now what's true for me is now I've learned and you really own the lesson. Because here's the deal. Every one of us has been abused on some level. Every one of us has been betrayed on some level, rejected on some level. Our goal here as empowered, beautiful women who, who have a healthy expression and boundary of our beauty and our sensuality is to be able to turn the very worst into the very best that's happened to us. Can you tell me what the importance is of having a good relationship with your father as a woman? Oh my goodness, yes. Well, whatever you didn't get from your father, attention, praise, protection, etc., is an emptiness. And when we're little, we don't know how to become the one to find the one. We think everything's on the outside. So we seek attention, approval, anything on the outside, more money, you know, another boyfriend, another job. It is anything on the outside to make the inside finally feel enough. Whatever we didn't get, we seek in partners. And that's how I honestly grew up. I had two divorces because I was seeking what my dad, who he had a lot of demons. He was drunk and stoned all the time. He didn't know how to deal with his own death of his own father. And all of that unprocessed work got projected onto me. And I was seeking that in husband number one as a damsel in distress, save me. And then I did the opposite side. I was more masculine. I'm like, okay, Disneyland love is stupid. I'm just going to make this happen and I'm going to choose a man and he's going to be my husband and I'll have a baby. Like I did the masculine. That didn't work either. And it wasn't until I realized, oh my God, the only one in common is me. I still have to deal with my daddy wounds. And here's the solution, easier said than done, but whatever I've been seeking, I must give to myself, which for the ego is very boring. What? I'm just going to give myself approval. I'm just going to give myself attention. Right. But for the heart and the soul, it's very nourishing because that is how we quote unquote become the one. Everything we've been seeking from dad, we give ourselves, And then when we're whole, we have a different point of view. We can see their wounds and have compassion. We again can see the gift, how the very worst can bring out the best in us. And we can say, wow, what if I was a wise soul that chose that messed up guy <laughs> so that I could learn and grow and be even stronger now and from wholeness, choose a partner that values me because I value me. Choose a partner that appreciates me because I appreciate me. And that's the science of it. The inside always creates the outside. So you're not filling up voids. You are whole yourself and you're choosing a partner that can share in the wholeness, that can yes. add additional love and fun and you can thrive more with that foundation of love, but you're not needing him in any way other than being a wonderful partner because you are fulfilled in your own heart, in your own life, really approving of your lives, knowing what you desire, fulfilling your needs. Because you also mentioned in one of your videos that the partners that we choose are kind of like spiritual guides or spiritual lessons that we need to learn. So even if you're not in a perfect relationship right now, you will learn so much that eventually you can either make this one better or choose again and have the relationship and the ideal partnership that you desire. Yes. Yes. I love what you're saying. When we do our inner work and we're whole from the inside out, we actually are very attractive and very irresistible. And when I speak with my male clients, they always say, what's sexy, a confident woman, but they don't mean confident. Like look at her bank account, look at you, the business she built. That's impressive, but that's not what literally awakens their heart and devotion to claim us in that sacred way. It's that inner confidence where they know that we don't need them. We choose them but we don't need them. That to them is like, oh, that is so empowering for them. And then this really magical thing happens when two whole people, two half people, 
need to complete each other. And we call that codependence, right? Right. Jerry Maguire. Okay. So when we have two whole people that come together, yeah, as you brilliantly said, we don't need each other. We literally awaken within each other, a spark that only the other can awake. It doesn't matter if we're with one person for the rest of our life or just a season. Every relationship is sacred. Every partner is a spiritual teacher. And so lean into the challenges and go, hmm, if I chose this for my evolution, what is being asked to awaken within me? Maybe I don't speak up. It's time to speak up. Maybe I'm a control freak. Maybe it's time to just chill out a bit. (laughs) Maybe I'm a little bit of a prude from how I grew up with religion or shaming me from the church. Maybe my sexuality is sacred after all. You know, there's a lot of different invitations that our partner can give us. And when we embody that, it becomes self-evident whether that sacred contract is over or it will continue in the future. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. A Moment of Your Time, a new podcast from Kurt Co Media. Currently 21 years old, and today I felt like I'm magic read extended from her fingertips down to the you base of my You have to take care spine. of yourself because the world needs you and Trust your Trust me, voice. every do-gooder that asked about me was ready to spit on my but dream. fingers were facing me. You can feel like your purpose and your worth is really being questioned. going to stop me from playing the piano. She buys walkie-talkies. Wonders to whom she should give the second dice. Cats don't love humans. We never did. We never will. We just find the ones that The beauty of rock climbing is that you can only focus on what's right in life. And so our American life begins. We may need to stay apart, but let's create together. Available on all podcast platforms. Submit your piece at kurtcocom slash a moment of your time. Welcome back. I'm chatting with relationship expert Alana Pratt. You see couples out there that are saying we've been married for 50 years. To me, that doesn't make a statement at all. How happy are you in those 50 years? How do you make each other feel in those years? Because staying together, we can do. But really thriving in a relationship can be challenging. Indeed, staying together and settling with mediocrity and having the pattern of blame and contempt and passive aggressive digs, like, and then we're supposed to be proud of that as opposed to the brave person who said, no, I'm unwilling to be treated this way or treat you this way. Either we grow up or we choose to consciously separate, bless each other, release each other, take the lessons and move on. So I think the braver choice is just always growing. Whether you stay in a relationship or leave a relationship, how can I evolve here? How can I contribute more to my own evolution and to the other's evolution? And realizing that no relationship is this perfect Disneyland, oh, we never fight. I'm like, well, then it's probably a really fake, shallow relationship. There's nothing wrong with conflict. We just don't want to hit below the belt. Normal life is equal pleasure and pain. Nobody likes to hear that. Real life is equal challenge and support night and day. Beautifully said. Do you think that people are made to be monogamous? I really think people are wired differently, to be very honest, based on this round, this soul's evolution. Because I have met people who I would consider to be very awake, very enlightened, who are all about monogamy or all about multiple partners. And I wouldn't say either is like a better or worse person. I wouldn't say either is in denial, but their life purpose is here to learn something. And if your life purpose is here to learn the lessons of monogamy, there are many, 
And if your purpose is to live, live the lesson of not being attached, if your one of your many lovers is sleeping with your friend and to not have jealousy, if that's your path, each have gifts. Like I just said a moment ago, equal challenge, equal support. Either choice has challenges and gifts. And so it's not about what is right and what is wrong. It's about what is true for you. And are you living in alignment with that? And do you have the bravery to speak that truth to your partner? I think we have created monogamy. Otherwise, it would be a really messy world out here where everyone is going to just doing their thing. And maybe also we would be missing out on a lot of deeper connection because when I think of monogamy, I think of it as a choice. Uh, right. It's, it's something that I choose and that, you know, you can still look at other people and find them attractive, but to choose not to obviously take action is just more of an honorable thing. It's something that is kind of a privilege in my mind as in, yes, this is what I'm choosing every day. I believe communication is the relationship. The conversation is the relationship and it goes inward and outward. Like, how do you speak to yourself? How do you speak to God, the divine, the universe? Do you actually have a relationship where you feel the support, the scientifically proven support that the universe is there listening to you a million times a second, right? And how do you communicate with your beloved? And if you can't communicate with yourself, if you push away your own, stifle away your own truth, there's no way you're going to be able to speak to your partner that way. So again, it all starts intimacy as an inside job. So 100% agree with that. The trust conversation to me is actually a blind spot. We say, I will never get hurt again. You know, we make this vow to love ourselves and protect ourselves. And then we get very skeptical and we go, hmm, is, is that one going to hurt me again? And it's all about giving all our power away to someone we can't even control. That's insane. And so it's a blind spot to try to find Mr. Trustworthy and to put all your power away into, oh, did he, who's he talking to on that text? And who did he just look at? And can I trust him? That's a place of fear and you're being a victim to your circumstances. Instead, what the real lesson is, is can I trust myself? And most of the time when we've been betrayed or abused, we have great criticism against ourselves. Why didn't you see that coming? How could you let that happen? And we're, we're criticizing ourselves, which cuts off our communication to our intuition and our instincts. It stops us from being able to trust ourselves. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. That knowing that's pre-thought. So the trust is really about, can I trust myself? Can I be in oneness with myself? Can I let myself know what I know? Oh my God, he's hot and he's rich and he's nice, but my gut just feels gross around him, like trusting those moments. Normally when you break up and you have a conversation about it later, you saw the red flags. You just chose not to listen to them, right? So trust is always an inside job. Trust a person to be exactly who they show them to be. Know that nobody's perfect. And can you live with the areas of challenge? So true. It's like you're building the rails where the train will eventually ride on. It's yeah. like build the tracks, build the tracks and build your life exactly how you envision, how you yeah. want to live your life. The train will come, but build the tracks. And I think it's so important to really create your life as you envision it and not procrastinate it until you find that person. Now, I would love to ask you for all the singles out there, what would you recommend them to do in order to align for their ideal partner? Well, this is why I started heartmates.app is where you go for the training, intimacy training and the app and the live calls. What I would really implore is to realize the only one in common, no offense, but the only one in common with all your relationships is you. And so we want to really, not with any judgment, but with self-responsibility go, okay, what is it going to take for me to become the one and to be that overflow 
and be that high vibration to attract another person who also does the work, who also will appreciate themselves. And we can start our relationship there. So get yourself in a community where there's people that aren't just there for a quick hookup or when things get tough, they ghost you on our normal dating site because there's no structures there to support you when things get tough. Be held in a community where everybody's real and vulnerable. Be willing to do the inner work. Practice showing up and speaking your truth. Even if you're feeling a little wobbly, that's how we build inner confidence over time. And before you know it, when you put one foot in front of the other that way, someone that may have initially even just been like a friend, you're like, wow, you really have a a depth to you. You're moving me in a way that I've never been moved. And then you never know if you might be walking down the aisle with that person that upon first glance, you might've passed over, but because you've gone deep with them and seen who they are when no one's looking, you know, what real character they have, then you're like, oh, that's actually what makes me feel amazing. Totally. And when you make that list of all the characteristics and description of your ideal partner, I would say go look and see if you're a match to every word you wrote down on that paper. Because if you are not that, how can you attract it? Right? The other person will recognize that in you that he or she will have within themselves. And so you got to match what you want. And remembering that just seeing the vision board isn't enough and just saying the affirmations isn't enough. It's helpful, but you've got to be willing to let yourself go from that feeling of, I want the one, where's the one? I hope to find the one. I wish to find the one. I need to find the one. Those are all confirmations of lack. And you're going to send that vibration of lack out to the environment. And so instead, feel the feelings that they're already here, who you are to have awoken the best in them who they are and what that feels like all the way down to the body sensations. That way you've actually told the universe, this is the life I choose because I'm having it now inside of myself. And that's when you meet the match. There's also wonderful things that happen on apps these days. I I know that a lot of people are frustrated with apps, but I also hear a lot of success stories. So what is the maybe one or two tips that you can give anyone that is on a dating app right now? Well, for me, the questions that I've developed on my dating app are very deep and meaningful, vulnerable and revealing, not just shallow and surface. So I would say choose a dating app that encourages authentic, deeper, heart-based connection, not surface, shallow bank account, boob size way that we find each other. And also this idea of like swiping left and like people are commodities you know, it's it's a strange time because I do think that people that have been in a relationship or a marriage for a long time, they wonder what it would be like if they could choose from a catalog again. Yeah. Well, what's beautiful about that is I, right before your date, you get an alert five minutes before and you go into a heart meditation for two minutes. So you start your connection off with your heart open, not in your fantasy mind of who you think they are, but your depth of who you are. So you can feel if there is a connection or not. Every single step along the way is for people that are interested in diving deeper, feeling deeper, connecting deeper, and then setting themselves up for success after. Like if someone's really interested in you, they'll take their time to get to know you and honor the way we get to become the one first and then find the one. And those tend to be the longer term relationships that people that have been in my programs where they they see how people are over time. They see, do they do the work? Wow, did they clean up that mess? Wow, did they speak their truth? You get to see each other's growth and go, wow, I'm impressed by that soul, that heart. And he's pretty hot. So, <laughs> so <laughs> on top of it all. So where can we download the Heart Mates app? 
Well, right now go to heartmates.app. That's where we're taking uh, the new people into the intimacy training and the app and the live conversations. And this very week, we are still praying to the Apple gods that they will approve us and put me on <laughs> into the Apple store. But it, my goodness, there's a lot of hoops. to It belongs there. And I thank you for developing such great app and everything that you share really resonates with me. I love talking about this subject. I could talk about it for several more hours. How can we stay in touch with you? Oh, thank you. Well, alanapratt.com is my website. That's where the intimacy blind spot quiz is. I'm doing live calls every two weeks, answering people's questions about dating. So there's lots of free resources, my YouTube channel, my intimate conversations podcast, lots of ways that I support people. So I'm there for you with books or coaching or, or what have you, or this app. Woo, we'll, we'll finish up with that. Thank you so much, Alana. I appreciate you. Mm, thank you. This episode was produced and edited by AJ Mosley for Kurtco Media, mastering by Steve Ricky Berg. Thank you again to our guest, Elena Pratt, for joining us today. You can check out more of her on the Intimate Conversation podcast. If you have any thoughts or questions you'd like me to answer on the show, feel free to send us an audio message or text to 323-522-5006. Until next time, my friends, have a beautiful day. From Kirkco Media, media for your mind.